On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks wrapped up the 2022 Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase with an impressive 5-0 victory over the Minnesota Wild yesterday. I'll go over which prospects stood out the most and who also was a bit underwhelming throughout the week. The Chicago Blackhawks also released their official training camp schedule earlier this morning. I'll get into all of the details on that. And then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, September 19th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, please be sure to go and show some support First, by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally, just a quick click of the button helps the boy out tremendously. Also, be sure to go and rate the show with five stars as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review. If you're a longtime listener, consistent listener of the show, and you like what you're hearing on a day-to-day basis, please make sure to go and let me know in the review section. And the best part about it all, folks, is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to the podcast. And and if you go and follow right now, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and head on over to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Because each and every episode moving forward, folks, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. If you haven't done so yet, please also go and help me out by subscribing to the YouTube channel. All the help, really, I would appreciate appreciate more than you all know, helps pay the bills. So please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks if you haven't yet. Also, be sure to go and smash the like button on this video as well and comment as to which prospect you thought stood out the most at the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase or who maybe went under the radar a little bit and you thought had a solid performance. Make sure to go and let me know down below in the comments section. And last, Ring the bell, turn on those push notifications, and that way you can be notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks, and thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Happy Monday, everyone. Uh, Hope that everything is going well for those of you tuning in here. On this Monday morning. And to kick things off, we got a lot of good stuff to get into on the show today, folks. I have to start by discussing the 2022 Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, which wrapped up on Sunday afternoon with the second of two scrimmages between the Blackhawks and the Minnesota Wild. But all in all, not getting into player details or any of that stuff. Yeah, that's coming up in just a moment. But all in all, it was just so fun to be back down at Fifth Third Arena. The atmosphere on Friday night for the scrimmage 
A lot of folks were in attendance, which I greatly appreciate, Blackhawks Nation. Thank you all for coming down to Fifth Third Arena and filling up the bleachers there. I mean, it was a pretty full house on Friday night. There was a lot of people running around. Uh, it was pretty packed, which was awesome to see. Um, and just, you know, getting to see everybody and getting an up-and-close look at a lot of these prospects, hopefully some key pieces for the Chicago Blackhawks in the future. It was just a really fun event. So. Uh, hopefully the Blackhawks will continue participating in the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. It's for a great cause, obviously, and it's been uh, a great event. Aside from the Blackhawks having some unfortunate injury luck in this uh, Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase throughout the years, hopefully they'll avoid anything serious. I'll have some injury updates coming up in just a moment. But, yeah, a really fun event all in all. Super cool to see the fans. Isaac Phillips and Jakob Galvis actually. We're in the crowd on Friday night watching the scrimmage. Uh, just an awesome event all in all. And yeah, couldn't be happier that hockey season is right around the corner, folks. But getting into what actually went down at this prospect showcase, as I said, the Blackhawks in the wild, they uh, had two scrimmages over the weekend against one another, one on Friday night, the other coming yesterday afternoon. They split those scrimmages, one apiece. Minnesota, unfortunately, took the first game Blackhawks got out to a really good start jumped ahead two to nothing after 20 minutes but uh Colton Dock and Lucas Reichel both exited the game there in the second period and I thought that really gave Minnesota it kind of changed the tides of the momentum and Minnesota um really took control of that game uh after that point and went on to score five unanswered goals to win the game five to two uh, but then in the second scrimmage, the Blackhawks, I thought, responded really well. Another strong start, but they played a full six. Ooh, excuse me, hiccup. <laughs> they played the full 60 in this one, uh, wound up getting a 5 nothing victory. And got to give a quick shout out before I get into anything else to Mitchell Weeks, who signed a AHL deal with the Rockford Icehogs over the summer, pitching a 37-save shutout in that kind of quietly had a really solid performance. I know he's going to get lost in the mix with the goaltender prospects that the Blackhawks have probably over the next few years, but a really good performance by Mitchell Weeks. And funny enough, I was reading a story about him earlier this morning, actually, and uh, apparently he's a really good childhood friend of Hawks defenseman prospect Isaac Phillips. They played together at Sudbury and I think grew up together. So kind of cool to see them playing professional hockey together here in the Blackhawks organization. And continuing on their friendship. But uh, yeah, really, really solid performance by Mitchell Weeks in that to steer the Blackhawks to a 5 nothing victory. Um, but kind of to recap everything, I wanted to, didn't want to, you know, take up too much time and have this be a 40-minute episode. Uh, I was just going to limit it to probably my top five biggest standouts from, from the whole week. Uh, the scrimmages will probably be the most important factor here, but also take into account what I saw, you know, throughout the practice sessions too, but I'll probably keep it to just, you know, five standouts, maybe a couple honorable mentions. And then I'll also talk about a couple of guys who I thought uh, might've been a little bit underwhelming during the showcase too. Um, but as, as far as my top five standouts, number one folks has to be Lucas Reichel. And I think this week he really solidified himself as the top prospect in the Blackhawks organization. I mean, throughout the practice sessions, it was already pretty clear that he was a step ahead of most of these guys. He had a really key off season, apparently gained 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, just has more confidence when the puck is on his stick that 
he's going to be able to hold on to it for that extra second in order to set up his teammates and, and make plays happen in the offensive zone. Um, but it was clear that Reichel was just, you know, a step ahead of everybody. And then in these scrimmages, he was nothing short of phenomenal. As I mentioned, in game one, he did exit after taking a, a pretty nasty hit into the boards from wild prospect Adam Beckman. Uh, fortunately, Reichel was able to return to that game in the third period, but the, the wind was kind of already out of the Blackhawks' sails at that point, and they weren't able to get back into that game, even though they were once ahead two to nothing. Uh, but in the second game, Lucas Reichel was all over the ice. Four assists for Lucas Reichel yesterday, uh, and just was making a ton of plays. One thing that stood out to me was just how much he was playing with the puck on his stick. So each and every shift, he would have multiple touches, and most of them led to you know, good-looking opportunities for the Blackhawks, or at least it looked like uh, they had something going in transition back the other way. Like every time Reichel, every time the puck was on his stick, he was dangerous yesterday, and his playmaking abilities were on full display. A really phenomenal performance from Lucas Reichel throughout this week, and he has his eyes set on making the NHL roster. He's already said that to the media, that he's really trying to make this team out of camp. And if he continues to play like this, I don't think the Blackhawks coaching staff is going to have any other choice but to keep him around when the season opens up against the Colorado Avalanche in just a couple of weeks. Another prospect who really stood out to me, Cole Gutman, former captain for the University of Denver, a draft pick, late round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who did not end up signing his ELC there. The Blackhawks scooped him up over the summer, and boy, that might have been a phenomenal decision from Kyle Davidson because Cole Gutman was a wrecking machine in these two scrimmages. Like, he was everywhere, and every shift, you know, you would hear his name pop up, whether it was making a play on the back check or getting physical or getting a shot off on net, wheeling around the net and setting up his teammates. Cole Gutman was all over the ice throughout these two scrimmages. He had a goal in each game really standout performance from Cole Gutman. And he's someone I have a feeling we're going to hear more and more about, uh, whether that's, you know, at the AHL level this year, I kind of expect him to begin with Rockford, but I also wouldn't count him out throughout training camp, given the amount of experience four years at the University of Denver. I know that's a different level, but he is a bit of an older kid already, got some good size to him, really broke out offensively last year. Cole Gutman is definitely a prospect, especially in the forward group, to keep circled throughout these next couple of years. Kevin Korchinski, another guy who really stood out to me, didn't have any highlight reel plays in either of the two scrimmages, but his skill set is undeniable and how he's able to skate the puck in the offensive zone. His skating is just magnificent. This kid can absolutely fly up and down the ice in order to recover or to jump into a rush and give his team an odd man break the other way. He can get up and down the ice in a hurry. And I was really impressed with his poise with the puck in the offensive zone, the way he was able to walk the blue line. And I think that's something he's only going to develop and get better at over the years. But his skill set for being 18 and a young 18-year-old at that, he's not going to be 19 until next June is, you know, you can't deny it. And I really do think Kevin Korchinski has the makeup to be an incredible offensive defenseman one day down the road. I would also say uh, Philip Rose someone who goes under the radar a bit on um, the back end for the Blackhawks, considering all the notable prospects that are coming up at that position, he kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. But I'll tell you what, I would not rule out Rose to make the Blackhawks opening night roster now that Jake McCabe is going to be out for eight 
10, 12 weeks or something like that because Gross has size. He's a big kid at six foot four. He's a pretty decent skater um, and already has really good experience in the SHL, which is arguably, you know, outside of the NHL, the best professional league in the world. And he was playing a really big role over there. Good experience and just seems to be more physically mature than a lot of other guys, too. He, he'll, he'll throw some size in there, can scrap it up in the defensive zone. Not a ton of offensive upside, I don't think, but if he can establish that a little bit more, there's a chance that Blackhawks could have something here in another offseason signing in Philip Rose. I thought he really had a solid both games and looked really good throughout the, the drills and, and stuff during practices, too. Uh, I also wanted to list my boy Samuel Savoy. I mean, this kid makes an impact every shift he's out there. Might not be offensively, but he's going to run into someone. He's going to, you know, get into a scrap or just be a true agitator out there. Like, it's amazing what he's able to do without the puck and how he can make an impact. And we saw the offensive side a little bit, too. He had a couple of nice plays. He and Paul Lewinsky showed some good chemistry on the fourth line, both high-motor guys. Uh, I would start each of them as potential bottom six pieces of the future for the Blackhawks. They're not going to be known for their offense, I don't think, but they know that. and. Um, they know they have to provide something else in order to be a standout and to be recognized and to keep progressing from level to level. And they certainly did that at this development camp. Savoy in particular was just an absolute goon out there. And I know he loves getting into that type, that type of stuff. So uh, yeah, he was another one that really just continues to impress me every time I see him. And I really think he's going to be a fun prospect to keep an eye on over these next few years. A couple of quick honorable mentions. I would say defenseman Ethan Del Mastro. Looked pretty good in both games. Uh, added a goal in the second. Some good play recognition to jump in back door and find himself wide open all alone in front of the net. Uh, I mentioned Ludwinski already. By the way, Paul Ludwinski did suffer a pretty tough injury. Looked a tough-looking injury in the second game yesterday. Uh, left the game in the first period and did not return. We don't really have any update as of yet, but the hit that he took looked painful to say the least. So hopefully Ludwinski will be all good and won't have to miss too much time moving forward. And then Colton Dock too was someone who only played a little bit in game one, had an absolute snipe to open things up for the Blackhawks. His shot is nothing short of remarkable, definitely his best asset in my opinion. But Doc also left that first game along with Lucas Reichel in the second period. Reichel was able to return. Doc unfortunately was not and he was placed in concussion protocol on Saturday afternoon, which you just hate to see for that kid. A uh, really big camp for him after a massive offensive year with the Kelowna Rockets. Um, but from what I did see out of Doc, his shot is really what's, I think, going to be his best chance of carrying him to the NHL level. I'm a little bit underwhelmed by his skating and the kind of game he plays for having that size, but hopefully, you know, that's something, both those things, Hopefully he'll be able to develop that a little bit better in the next few years because the shot that he has, I think, is always going to give him a chance of being an NHLer. Uh, but hopefully Colton won't be out for too long, and uh, it's a quick recovery for him so he can you know, have a regular start to this upcoming season and continue on from where he left off last year with Kelowna. As far as my underwhelming performers, I'm running a little bit over time here, folks, so I'm going to get into this a little fast. I always tend to talk about the prospects for a little bit long, but a couple of underwhelming performances. First, I thought was Jackson Stauber because early on in that first game, the first period against Minnesota when he was in net, 
I thought he looked sharp, but then he really just started to unravel and that second and third period there let up a goal from below the goal line and just let all the momentum go into Minnesota's direction. His defense needed him to come up with a timely save and he didn't. So a little bit underwhelmed from what I saw out of Jackson Stauber. Uh, Evan Barrett was someone who was a little bit underwhelming to me. He had a ton of chances, but just wasn't able to convert on any of them. And given all the experience that he's had and you know, he's had time in Rockford already and the Blackhawks have kind of been waiting on him and it just hasn't happened. And it just feels like Evan Barrett kind of is what he is at this point. So yeah, it's tough to see that Evan Barrett wasn't able to really make the most of this opportunity here and solidify himself as one of the best forwards in the prospect pool right now. Uh, Joseph Serpa, also my boy who had an amazing development camp, didn't do a whole heck of a lot, sadly, throughout these two games and throughout the week. Didn't look as sharp as he did about a month or two ago. Uh, This other guy, I have a hard time projecting exactly what he is. Nolan Allen, um, because with a defensive defenseman, if you're not saying their name a lot, that's sometimes a good thing. But I never know how to accurately judge Nolan Allen because he just feels like a guy to me. Like I don't really recognize anything that he's doing out there, but we'll see. The jury is still very out on him. I will say, Uh, but if he can be a a sturdy second to third pairing guy, you know, that's kind of job well done. Uh, That's probably the best type of player that he could be. So we'll see. I just have a hard time ever saying Nolan Allen was a standout because I don't see him do a whole heck of a lot, but at the same time, That might not be the worst thing in the world for a defensive defenseman, too. All right, ran a little bit long, but that takes care of everything that went down at the 2022 Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. Coming up in just a minute, I will quickly break down the Chicago Blackhawks' official training camp schedule. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. Bet Online is also your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and game scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to the website today. Or you can also use your mobile device to learn more about trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two here, real quick. It's time to get into all the details on the Blackhawks training camp schedule for the next couple of weeks. Hockey season. Is closing in, folks. I couldn't be more excited, even though the Blackhawks probably are not going to be all that good. Um, I love hockey season. I love training camp. I love watching guys compete for roster spots, and I can't wait for all of that to begin later on this week because now we officially know that Thursday, this Thursday, September 22nd at 10 a.m. is officially when the Blackhawks will kick off training camp. It's actually going to begin on Wednesday with a media segment from. Luke Richardson and Kyle Davidson, but uh, in terms of on-ice activities, that will kick off on Thursday morning. We don't have news of a roster at this point, so not sure which prospects are going to be sticking around in the city, but I'm sure that will be released either tomorrow or Wednesday, if not later on this afternoon. But training camp begins this week, uh, Thursday, 10 a.m., Friday, 10 a.m., Saturday, 10 a.m. They'll have Sunday off. 
uh, and we'll resume activities on Monday. But kind of crazy to think that we're only eight days away from the Blackhawks' first preseason game uh, up in Detroit against the Red Wings, kicking things off with a bang. Um, but yeah, they're only having, I mean, a lot of these guys have been skating together at Fifth Third Arena already, not just the prospects, but the NHL group's kind of been having their own on-ice session before things got underway for the prospect showcase. So um, I'm sure they're still establishing, you know, chemistry and have been working together and all that stuff, but just a little bit wild. And maybe it's normally like this, but I feel like the tri- the, the preseason games are, are coming up in a hurry this year. Uh, yeah, the first one's next Wednesday against Detroit in Detroit. And then the second will be Friday, September 30th. That's at the United Center against the Red Wings as well. And that will actually be the lone game that the Blackhawks have at home throughout the preseason because their other home game technically will come up in Milwaukee at Preserve Forum against the Wild. That's on Sunday, October 2nd. Um, That'll be the third preseason game that the Blackhawks have. Later on that week, they'll travel up to Minnesota October 6th at the Wild. And then uh, to wrap things up will be a game against the St. Louis Blues on Saturday, October 8th. And that will actually be the last day that training camp will be held in Chicago uh, early that morning before the team goes and travels to St. Louis for that 7.30 p.m. puck puck drop on Sunday, October 8th. So, yeah, about a three-week stretch there for training camp. I guess thinking about it now, that's a pretty normal schedule. I don't know. Just feels like uh, preseason games are coming up a little bit earlier than they have in the past, but at the same time, the NHL hasn't had a normal schedule per se since 2019, so I can't really even remember what that used to look like without the schedule being impacted by COVID. But yeah, training camp is opening up later this week, folks. Really interested to see who's going to be on the roster. It'll probably start with a pretty big number, but there are some battles to be had when training camp gets underway especially on the defensive side of things. A lot of guys are going to be trying to make the opening night lineup and it's going to be fun seeing them all going up against one another, you know, nothing better than some friendly competition because they're all motivated to have the same goal. And there's a lot of guys right on that cusp of becoming a full-time NHL or so really excited to see all of that kick, uh, kick off. Once again, things get underway later on this week, Thursday, 10 a.m. at Fifth Third Arena is when Blackhawks training camp officially begins. All right, there is the Blackhawks training camp schedule for the next three weeks. Runs from Thursday, September 22nd to Saturday, October 8th. Coming up in just a moment, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three, real quick, I'm actually going to take a sip of water because my mouth is drier than a mug. (sighs) Segment three, per usual on Mondays, folks. It's time for our Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. And I actually forgot to pull it up beforehand because I'm an idiot sometimes. But the first question, here we go. Getting into it. First question I wanted to answer today comes from at Captain Pie Double Zero, longtime listener Colin. I appreciate you always asking your questions, Colin. Colin asked, "Dark horse candidate to make the NHL team out of training camp? Out of the defensemen, I would say Philip Rose or Jakob Galvis, because I feel like a lot of folks are talking about Ian Mitchell or 
Alec Regula, Alex Vlasic, both of those last two guys played really well uh, in the final 15 or 20 games for the Blackhawks last regular season. But given the experience that both Galvis and Rose already have, professional experience, I certainly wouldn't count them out whatsoever. And then Isaac Phillips is another big boy too. And by the way, I forgot to reference this when I was talking about the Tom Curvers prospect showcase earlier. Jakob Galvis and Isaac Phillips didn't play in either of those scrimmages, but head coach Anders Sorensen said he elected to do that because he already knows what those guys are and wanted to see more from some other guys in particular. So I think that kind of tells you the organization knows what Jakob Galvis and Isaac Phillips already have to offer and maybe ahead of most of those other guys. So uh, I wouldn't count those two out whatsoever, along with Philip Rose. It's it's going to be really interesting on the back end to see who's going to come out of that battle and make uh, the Blackhawks opening night lineup when they take on the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. My, oh my, that is going to be rough. Uh, in terms of the forwards, that's really where it could be interesting. Cole Gutman, like I said, I wouldn't count him out. I, I would expect him to probably begin in Rockford, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world after how well he performed. Uh, Josiah Slavin also is someone who actually wore the C for the Blackhawks prospects in both of those games against Minnesota. Um, Got some NHL action last year, got some good size, seems physically mature and very well-rounded. Another great late round pick by the Blackhawks. Seventh round pick in 2018 was Josiah Slavin, and he could be a bottom six piece potentially in the future. So I wouldn't count Slavin out. Um, Jakob Bohr, maybe, although he was not all that impressive throughout this week. Um, Those are probably the guys I would say would be the biggest surprises up front. I don't think Evan Barrett really has a chance to make the opening night roster. Yeah, I would say Cole Gutman's someone to keep an eye on for sure. Who do the Blackhawks? They got 14 forwards here already on their NHL roster. Yeah, I don't think any of those guys would be surprises. So up front at the forward position, I'd definitely say Gutman, Jakob, Poor, Josiah Slave, and I think that's the group to keep an eye on that are pushing for an opening night spot. Next question I wanted to answer comes from Madison Weplin, who emailed in the podcast over the weekend. Thank you, Madison. I appreciate that. And Madison asked a very fun question. I love getting these types of questions that really don't have anything to do with the Blackhawks. But uh, Madison asked, favorite food to get at Blackhawks games? And this was something that stumped me a little bit because um, there are a lot of options here. I really do love, they added a, is it a Giordano's or is it a Gino's East? They added where you can get like a a 14 or 12 inch thin crust pizza instead of getting the mini deep dishes for like 12 bucks. You can go and get your own like 12 or 14 inch pizza for like $2 more. That's a move. Uh, I think they just added that this past season. I will say an Italian beef, but the secret is you got to eat it with a fork because they're going to drip it if you want it with the salt, with the au jus, which you got to, honestly. You got to eat it with a fork or else you're going to make a mess of yourself at the UC. But Really good still eating it with a fork. The bread, just how well it's soaked. Got to be one of my favorites. Burger, can't go wrong with a burger. I know that's a little bit boring. What else has been really good? The pulled pork and the barbecue on the 100 level section, really well done. Um, a lot of good food at the UC, honestly. You honestly can't go wrong. Um, but interesting note, I am going to be starting a food review at the UC this season, every game I'm going to be trying a different, uh, different place, different 
item on the menu. I want to try everything at the UC. I thought that would be a fun idea and just upload a quick minute, two minute video on Twitter and on YouTube giving my reviews. I want to try everything at the UC and let all you know what I think is the best. So I thought this question actually fit well for uh, unveiling what I'm going to be doing at the UC when I'm in attendance this year, which should, should be a pretty decent chunk, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there was one more question I wanted to answer. Again, I didn't have it up. Uh, interesting question coming from uh, Anthony Pellegrino on Twitter, who asked, been trying to meet Corey Crawford since 2013. You guys think he'll be at Hosa's retirement night? He was at Taze's 1K night, so I don't really know. Your thoughts? With Corey Crawford, you honestly never know. Um, I feel like he's not the happiest with the Blackhawks organization, continuing, uh, considering how everything went down at the end of his career and how they elected to move on from him and never really kept him in the loop about it, I don't think. You know, now Stan Bowman's gone, so maybe it's a little easier for Corey Crawford to come around, but I, I don't think he's the happiest with the Blackhawks organization as a whole. So um, I'd say, you know, maybe 50-50. It is big Hoss, though, and Crawford was a huge part of those runs along with him. And if he was there for Taze's 1K night, he'll probably be there for Hostess Jersey retirement night. So I'd guess yes, but I don't know for sure. I mean, you never know with Crawford. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully for your sake, Anthony, uh, you'll go and Corey Crawford will be there. But <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him to not attend something like this, considering how uh, everything went down between he and the Blackhawks at the end of his career. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, September 19th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. Be sure, if you haven't done so yet, go and subscribe on YouTube as well, because Every episode moving forward, folks, the season is right around the corner. Every episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube. So make sure to go and subscribe to the channel right now if you haven't done so already. Also, after the show, you got to be sure to check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get all caught up on everything that's went down throughout the offseason. It's free and available on all platforms. So be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, if you want a question answered this time next week as part of our Mailbag Monday fan segment, you can hit me with your questions at LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. I don't know why I said at. I was thinking I was going to say my Twitter accounts first. If you have any questions, be, be, uh, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. That's all one word. Or you can hit me up on either one of my Twitter accounts, at JackBushman2, at TalkinHockey, or even at LO underscore Blackhawks. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. Uh, until tomorrow's show, have a great rest of your day, and thank you all for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.